Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Hi, I'm Scott Hahn, and I'd like to invite you personally to join me and Breadbox Media on August 24th in New Oxford, Pennsylvania. For a day of spiritual renewal, I'll be presenting three talks, one on St. Joseph, one on the Sacrament of Matrimony, and another one on the Holy Eucharist. Learn more and register at breadboxmedia.com forward slash PA conference. I hope to see you there. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. O Lord, my God, Thou searchest me. My heart and mind are known to Thee. Nothing is hidden from Thy eyes. When I sit down and when I rise, and from afar Thou art discerning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now at the hour of death. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. Let us pray. O God, and instruct the hearts of your faithful by light of the Holy Spirit, granted by the same Spirit, we may be truly wise, and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lady Guadalupe, St. Joseph, Father Lanteri, St. Nasha Leola, St. Charbel Maclouf. All God's angels and saints. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, good evening. Years ago, I was asked to give a retreat, an eight day retreat in Spanish, in Oxnard to Las Siervas de Maria. And uh, I'd never been in their house before. So after the first talk, I took a wrong turn. I opened up the door, and I entered into the closet rather than my room. <laughs> and I told the people, I'm just being faithful to my charism. My name is Broom. I should be in the broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a little bit disoriented the first day or two, welcome to the club, okay? Okay, before giving you your, your first uh, meditation and this eight-day retreat, I'd like to give you some basic principles of making a 
a good Ignatian retreat. First is, uh, I just finished saying the Mass of St. Peter Chanel, and I prayed for all of you people. What? Oh, okay, good, okay, good. So that's powerful. You have a priest placing you on the altar, offering the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. So I would not underestimate the prayers. And every time I say the Mass every day, I'll be placing you on the altar. <laughs> okay. Next is the retreat master is not Padre Escobita. Okay? It's not me. The retreat master is the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Great retreat master, right? So we just have to we have to be open to the working of the Holy Spirit. If you're open to the work in the Holy Spirit, these are going to be the best eight days in your life. This is going to be a novena minus one, right? Okay. In which God is going to inundate all of you with special graces. Okay, in the Ignatian uh, textbook on the exercises, composed basically for the directors, but also for the directees. You have what are called the annotations. And annotation number five is indispensable in making the 10-week program that all of you have gone through, but I would say even more so in this eight-day retreat. Annotation Five, if I can summarize it in one word, it is a compound Greek word that has become part of our English language. And the name, that word is magnanimity. It's a compound word, it means a two words, it's two words and one word. Magna anima. When I went to study in Rome, they would have these big rooms called Aula Magna, you know, the, the big room, okay? Magna Anima. Magna means great, Anima means soul, great solidness. A nickel and dime word means what? You've got to be generous. God cannot be outdone in generosity. Okay, another, another very key element making good retreat is this. Jesus said to his apostles, come apart and rest a little bit. Come aside and rest a little bit. Okay, using the sports analogy,
Remember in my youth when they ran when they ran marathons in, in New Jersey. Hmm? Marathons in, in New Jersey, as we say, using the New York lingo. When we ran those invitationals on the on the hills of New Jersey, after we started off, some of the young men would be gunning it, and after a third of a mile, they'd be. <gasps> because they didn't know the difference between a, a long distance run and a sprint. <laughs> so this is not, this is not a half day retreat. This is an eight day retreat. So it's, it can be compared to a, it can be compared to a marathon. So you have to pace yourself. And we have some people, some people that have done the exercise, we've got some neophytes here, right? Neophytes, those who are doing it the first time, you have to, uh, you have to pace yourself. Otherwise you could arrive at a spiritual burnout after 48 hours, no? So you have to pace yourself, you've got to be generous. Now, related to this whole pacing yourself, I cannot be more insistent upon the importance of getting enough rest. You hear me? Okay, you have to make sure that you get enough rest. Otherwise, I'm going to see you falling asleep during my talks. Or at least yawning, no? They say in Spanish, la boca cerrada no entra moscas. Okay? So, make sure that you, make sure that you, you get, you get enough rest. In the transition between the Mary and Martha, the active life and the contemplative life, it takes time to make that transition. That's why athletes, baseball players, what do they have? They got spring training before they hit the diamond, huh? Before even playing baseball, the Yankees or the Dodgers, whatever, they're warming up for a good hour and a half before they actually get under the diamond and they throw the first ball. So you have to kind of warm up to this. So I would really, you know, encourage you to make sure that you get, get enough rest. We're going to have an exposition of the Blessed Sacrament for about a half an hour. And then I would say, hit the hay before too long. Hit the hay, it's a New York expression for go to bed, okay? And that means there's nothing wrong with taking, as they say in, in Spanish, una siesta uh, during the course of the day. Anything you can do to, to help your meditations be more efficacious, go for it. You have to have a little bit of coffee.
You have to take a little snack. In other words, you use, it's the tantum quantum that we're talking about in principle and foundation. The ta- you use, every, use everything you have to help you to pray well. Got me? Use everything, everything you have to help you to pray well. So I'm mentioning this, if you, if you don't, if you don't, you're not resting well, you're not going to pray well. You're just going to be you know, nodding, you know, you're, you're, you're agreeing with everything you're reading. No? Well, that's not the type of agreeing that we're looking for. <laughs> now, it is kind of hot out, and it might be the whole week, I don't know. However, it's not a bad idea to also take some walks. You can take some walks here. You can take some walks outside. Because meditative prayer is somewhat sedentary, at least physiologically. But there's a lot going on morally, spiritually, and emotionally. Uh, So... Getting up and taking a couple of walks during the course of the day is it would be highly recommended. Okay? Highly recommended. This is a very safe area. This is not downtown Hawaiian Gardens. Okay, this is a kind of a safe area where you're not going to get the big cholos with the guns going after you. Okay. It's a nice, pleasant area where very peaceful. When you're taking walks, there's a lot of nature. There's birds. and So everything you can do to unwind so that when you're praying, man, you're going for it. You're giving yourself, every meditation you're giving 100%. But you have to dispose yourself for that. You hear me? Okay. Now, How did St. Ignatius Loyola, how, how, did he, how could he tell that his religious house was a fervent, good, holy group of, of religious back 450 years ago? Thank you, you said it. Thank you. Huh, you, you said it. You said it. Perfect. Can I tell you what you said? You said? Silence, no? <laughs> Weren't you just silent? No? You were speaking by your silence, no? So, the tenor of the spiritual life in the houses was the silence. So, in this retreat, we want you to try to maintain silence. I love that silence. Okay. Because if you're in between the talks, you're, you're talking with someone, that's going to damage the whole tone, the spiritual milieu of the retreat. And I was just reading something from St. Faustina Kowalska, and Jesus says to her, uh, I can't stand chatterboxes, no? charlatanas, huh? Because if you're talking a lot, you can't hear God's voice. So God speaks in silence. 
You hear me? <laughs> I like your silence now. Okay, but you're really going to see it's not going to be absolute silence because you're going to have the mass, you're going to have a few talks, and at the uh, dinner table, you're going to be listening to the most eloquent friend of yours. His name is Fulton Sheen. So after the retreat, most of you are going to be getting up and going to be speaking a much more eloquent, refined English, okay? So saying silence, it's, that's a relative comment because the mealtime, the talks, the mass, there's going to be conversation. But aside from that, you want to make sure that you maintain uh, that silence. Amen? Amen. And as a whole, we've been doing this. This is about the 12th year we've done this retreat. As a whole, uh, the silence has been pretty good, such that the nuns have commented that, that the group that come to Father Broome, they're pretty, pretty recollected. So let's, um, let's, let's keep our good ratings, okay? All right, next. All of you are, are all of you are assigned a a director. All of you are assigned a director. So that means you're going to be going to your director on a daily basis and you're going to be going through with your director what went on the past 24 hours. How did your prayer go? Desolation, consolation. As you did in the exercises, it's kind of an extension of the exercises. Encourage you that after your meditation, spend minute or two writing down how God spoke to you. So when you go to your director, you have four or five short summaries of how God spoke to you during your meditations. So this is a real, this is a key part of the retreat because it's a it's a preached it's a preach directed retreat. Some retreats are just directed. But this is a combination of the two different styles in one, okay? You're getting a few talks but then you're going to have your opportunity to, to talk out with someone how God is speaking to you. I went to my spiritual director on Monday, just feel there's a lot of insight there, a lot of, a lot of lights. A lot of lights. So God speaks through the mediation of human persons, Ignatius, 
when God inspired him to do the exercises, it's meant not to be walking alone, but to have accompaniment. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, I mean, they were, they were befuddled, they were confused, they were in a ball of, they were tied up into a ball of emotions and confusion, and then someone started to walk with them, and then that cloud dissipated, and then they were able to see clearly the whole meaning of the Paschal mystery. That person was Jesus Christ, walking side by side. Okay, so uh, is that clear? The, these, these opening uh, words of orientation are, uh, are pretty important, otherwise we don't know where we're going, no? I'm going to tell you something, uh, a very, very humorous anecdote. This happened about 25 years ago in the Oblate House in Boston. I come from a family of nine, and two of my younger siblings were doing, uh, it was like, may have been a three-day retreat there in, in, in Boston, St. Clements. No? And they had never done a retreat in their lives. But the priest there presuppose, well, they're brothers of Father Broom, they must be experts in Ignatian spirituality. You know? They didn't even know what Ignatian spirituality was because they're both you know, 15, 16 years younger than me. It's almost like the three different cultures, three different generations in my family. You know? So what happened was uh, they put him in the kitchen there have their meals, and the priest, whenever they saw them, they'd be turning their backs and walking, walking like this to them. After a day or two, one of my brothers said, what did we do to reserve this? What happened? No? So they didn't understand why no one was greeting them, because they'd never done a retreat like that. Until finally someone told them, in an Ignatian retreat, you know, no one is supposed to talk to you. It's supposed to be an absolutely silent retreat. Ah, they thought that we, we thought that we'd done something wrong. That's why everyone was avoiding us and never, never greeting us. No. That's why it's good to kind of clarify where we're heading in the beginning. Otherwise, we have a lot, a lot, a lot of misconcepts that can pull us off the course. All right may sound to be somewhat of a long-winded intro, but if I don't throw out the five or six uh, ideas, you might be like my two brothers, wondering where we're heading next, okay? Okay, your, your first meditation is going to be taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 10. Verse 38 to 42. If you're not overly tired, could you please stand? The Lord be with you. 
Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As they continued their journey, he entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary, who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and worried about many things. There's need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? Why? The Sunday Gospel, right? Okay, this is an excellent biblical passage to initiate our retreat. Excellent. Okay, one of the reasons why is many of us are Martha. Many of us are Martha. Many of us suffer from activism, horizontalism. And probably a lot of us still have our motor running, huh? So now's the time to change gears to go from Martha to Mary. You've got to change gears, okay? Going from Martha to Mary. We're entering into going from the active to the contemplative mode. Okay, what this biblical passage teaches us first is the importance of inviting Jesus into our lives these eight days. Starting tonight, you're inviting Jesus to be the very center of your lives these eight days. Is that clear? Inviting Jesus, you're inviting him. Mary and Martha, they invited Jesus. You are Mary and Martha, you're inviting Jesus into your into your life right now. And the other, all the other things in your life, they can be placed on the back burner, okay? They can be put aside for these eight days. So this very night, invite, invite Jesus. Invite Jesus into your home. Your soul is called Bethany, okay? Bethany was the home of Mary Martha, about two miles from the city of Jerusalem. Jesus would go to visit Mary Martha and Lazarus 
on certain occasions where he was able to rest a little bit. You're called to rest with Jesus. You're called to rest with Jesus. The okay, next point is we see Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. You're going to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Okay. You know, that, that, that may, may sound symbolic, poetic, inspirational, metaphorical, but you know that's not so much metaphorical or symbolic or mystical or poetical. Where's Jesus? He's right there, isn't he? Hello? So you're doing the same thing that Mary did, but you have a greater privilege. Jesus was with them maybe a couple hours. You're going to be with the Lord eight days. Wow. You are God's spoiled children. Wow. Three hours is different than eight days, right? To see yourself is very, very privileged to be able to sit at the feet of the Master eight days. Sitting at the feet of the Master. Now what Mary did was she sat at his feet and she listened. Are you listening to me? Okay. Okay. Listened. Jesus is going to be speaking to you. We have to attune our spiritual ears to listen. With young Samuel, speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. You want to say, listen, O Lord, for your servant is speaking, huh? Well, it should be, it should be actually both, okay? It should be both because prayer is not a one-way street. But rather it is a dialogue. That's what prayer is. Now how is God going to speak to you? You know, God is always present. We become absent from God, but God is always present to us. I repeat, God is always present to us, but we become absent from Him. You hear that? In other words, we block Him out. We put Him on hold. We become temporary atheists, or at least agnostics. huh? But He's always speaking to us. That, that, could be, that could be part of your meditation. What are the sources of my deafness? Why don't I... Why don't I know here? 
You know, there's physical deafness, but there's spiritual deafness, no? St. Margaret Mary the cook, I mean, God spoke to her in the kitchen. She's washing the dishes, the pots and pans, no? God's there also. The formal, the formal period of prayer, the formal period of prayer is your meditations. That's, that's the formal period of prayer. But that does not exclude the reality that God can speak outside that context. If you're taking a walk, maybe you see a little bee descend upon a little rose there. I mean, God can speak to you through that also. We're going to be speaking about principle and foundation tomorrow, right? Creation. Something Fulton Sheen might say, wow, that's, that's where I'm at now. Maybe the homily during the Mass or the first reading seemed to really jump out at you. The end of the exercise is the Ignatian exercise is to see God in all things. And as the poet says, in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live, we move, we have our being. St. Paul quoting the Greek poet. Huh? Okay, so Mary teaches the importance of listening. but also the importance of conversing. Not only does Jesus want you to listen to him, but he wants you to talk to him. And as St. Augustine says, I mean, we can speak to God vocally, but God... God reads our mind. He reads our thoughts. He reads the deepest movements of our heart, St. Augustine. He can read your thoughts. He can read the movements of your heart. So prayer can be vocal, but it also can be simply the movement of the heart and love toward Christ. Deeper mystical prayer, huh? You've probably heard this before. A couple that's been married for 50, 55, 60 years, like my parents, no? They can maybe be sitting there in front of a fire. They're not saying anything, but they're communicating on an even deeper, deeper level. There's no vocal, vocal articulation of words, but their hearts are communicating just by sitting there, fired, fired together and looking at each other. Well, even more so with Jesus. And that leads me to the next point is Mary not only was listening to Jesus and speaking to Jesus, but she was contemplating the face of Jesus. Contemplating the face of Jesus. 
Father Thomas Dubay, one of the greatest writers in the Catholic Church in the United States, he was often quoting one of his favorite psalms, which has become one of my favorites too. Related contemplation. And it's this. Look to the Lord and be radiant with joy. Don't you love it? Look to the Lord and be radiant with joy. What happened to Moses when he came down from the mountain? Wasn't he radiating? His face had changed. He was radiating the presence of God. They put a veil over his face. So we've arrived at the most important part of this encounter between Mary and Jesus. And Martha. And it's this, that Mary looked at Jesus with great love. Of all the virtues, of all the actions that the human person can do, the greatest of these is love. If you feel your heart moved, simply let God love you. You'll love him back. Resting on his sacred heart. Listening to his heartbeat. If you move in that direction, stay there and rest on the sacred heart of Jesus. Amen. So that's your first meditation. Let's beg the Blessed Virgin Mary to help us to really be open to God's grace and enter into it with a lot of peace, a lot of joy, a lot of confidence in this, which is going to be the best experience in our lives. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them, and bless the fruit of Adam Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for our sinners. So we're going to expose the Blessed Sacrament for about 25 minutes. And then we'll receive benediction and then we'll be able to retire. So God bless all of you. This is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tours Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. 
It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.